It's me. <laughs> it's me, Jake. There's a little bit of a technical difficulty getting the show to blast off, <clears throat> but here we are. I've blasted us off. I was trying to do, I was trying to get it to do something a little bit different. Different? Differently? I was trying to get, oh, keys, you're here. That's good. That means that this is on, which means that I should be able to uh, see it but I still don't see it. Anyway, won't be long now. Won't be long now. <laughs> it is uh, Thursday. Had a nice lunch. Yes, happy first Friday. Yes, <laughs> love the shirt. We should love the shirt. This is my favorite part. Ask me about otters. Um, so I was just out to lunch today. Um, <laughs> Jen's more here than ordinary. Uh, okay, well, let's see what all this means. Let's see if I can get it tuned in on the other thing. Um, <clears throat> ah, here we are. Here we are. Great. Dave, Keys, Jen, Dave, Gary, Rachel. Oh, Uma, hola. Uh, what do we got? Pick. Pick Bob. Yes, everybody's here. Brad, Thriving Thursday, Sharon, greetings. Michael, uh, when being kind... <laughs> to an a-hole, the tendency is to say, smile, butter tits. Well, you got to watch out with that butter tits. I'd stick with butter dick if I were you. Um, happy Thursday to you, Ouija. <coughs> Steph is there. Brad, I'm glad to hear it. I've got, uh, oh man, this book, Bob, uh, who was the original recommender of ancient aliens in the Bible, this thing, um, it just keeps on giving. And so... <clears throat> I think we ought to just jump into it. But first, well, maybe not right away. First, I'm, let me tell you about my day so far. Got up, had a nice workout. I don't think I'm going in the ocean today. Went to the dentist. Uh, and then uh, Lady Jerry was not feeling so special today. So uh, my friend Nigel was coming over. We were going to go get a burrito. Lady Jerry came with us. We went to uh, the neighborhood restaurant that I usually go to with Christella. Had a lovely lunch, the three of us. Uh, I think Lady Jerry's cheered up. She wants to immediately go and watch television, which uh, is what we're probably going to do uh, at, right after the show, because uh, why not? We deserve we deserve to be enjoying our lives, I think all of us. Um, happy Tuesday, April Fools. Gavin! Gavin! Um, the biggest news in Colorado, Rachel saying, is that Whataburger is coming soon. Mm, big fan. Had your first one in Texas 2019. Um, yeah, well, Whataburger's all right. I like the fat burger. There's a fat burger near my house that I'm a fan of. Strap down for the aliens, Keys. You got that right. So Lady Jerry and Nigel and I all went to lunch today. I think uh, Nigel, uh, spoiler alert, might be here as a special guest tomorrow. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. He said he would come into the pod center, and uh, I'm hoping for me and Nigel for happy hour Friday. Maybe Lady Jerry as well. All right. So when last we looked on, um, Enki, uh, Enki and who, who, what's his brother, um, Enlil, Enlil is the good alien Anunnaki, uh, and a Enki is the sort of naughty one who made the uh, Eves to go with the Adams, and they got exiled from the Garden of Eden. Already a prolonged mining mission the trip of the Anunnaki to Earth, as you as you may recall, the Anunnaki uh, were here to mine gold to restore the atmosphere on their home planet. 
already prolonged mining missions, uh, already a prolonged mining mission. It was made worse by an out-of-control hybrid genetic experiment, which is when Enki created the Eve so that Adam would have someone to have sex with. And then... Uh, and then they left, they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden because the Adams and the Eves were having sex, but they were allowed to hang out, Enki and the Adams and Eves, um, which created a population whose existence violated the Intergalactic Federation's rules on interfering with the evolutionary process on native planets. Now, I don't know how we have access to the Intergalactic Federation's rules on interfering with the evolutionary process on native planets, unless they're the same, uh, as the uh, Federation's rules from Star Trek. <laughs> but Enlil, uh, who's, the, who's the, from the alien's point of view, the good alien, uh, had a new set of problems. When the members of his platoon saw how beautiful the Eves were, uh-oh, uh, the Anunnaki uh, are getting a load of these Eves that Enki has made for the Adams. Despite Enlil's orders to stay away from the Eves, they began a sexual revolution when they started to have sex with the Eves, this led to pregnancies. Now, I didn't know that uh, the Anunnaki could interbreed with the Eves, but now I do know that. Pregnancies and the eventual birth of the Nephilim, giants. But first it led to the wrath of God and outraged Enlil and those Anunnaki who agreed with him. According to Genesis, now we're back to the Bible Bible, except I didn't verify that this is actually in the Bible, but this is the ancient aliens in the Bible quoting the Bible. So that's, um, that's, all, that's, all, that's all I've uh, got for you there. So after, this is, this is supposedly from Genesis in the actual, the Bible Bible, quoted here in the ancient aliens of the Bible. And after that, men began to be multiplied upon the earth, and daughters were born to them and sons of God. Which, by the ancient aliens of the Bible, God means the Anunnaki. Seeing the daughters of men that they were fair, took to themselves wives of all which they chose. So they picked out the hottest eaves and got it on. And God said, My spirit shall not remain in man forever, because he is flesh. And his days shall be uh, 120 years, which is, uh, your mileage may vary. Not a lot of us are getting our full 120 years nowadays. Uh, but that was, that was according to this, uh, God's intention. 120 years. I don't know if I can do 120 years. That's, I got to do what I've just done again. That's 60. I'm 60. I got to do another 60. Okay. I'm up for it if you guys are up for it. Now giants were upon the earth in those days. For after the sons of God went in to the daughters of men, and they brought forth children, these are mighty men of old, men of renown. And God, seeing that the wickedness of men was great on the earth, and that all the thoughts uh, of their heart were bent upon evil at all times, well, yeah, these slaves, once you start breeding that with them, they're so evil. Uh, come on! This, this is the ancient aliens now. Uh, they're, they're very frustrated that... Uh, some of their naughty Anunnaki are breeding with the Eves. Uh, <clears throat> it repented him that he had made man on earth, and being touched inwardly with sorrow of hearts, he said, I'll destroy man, who I've created from the face of the earth, from uh, man even to beasts. So I think you know what's coming now. Uh, this is where the, see, the ancient aliens of the Bible is supposed to take the Bible and then weave it in 
to this, uh, the truth of the ancient aliens theory. These men of renown were the Nephilim, the giants, right? An ancient race of giants who were the offspring of the Anunnaki and uh, who had mated with the beautiful earthly Eves. This we've covered. Um, so now with there's a growing population spiraling out of control, Enlil was finding the whole situation very difficult to manage. Luckily for Enlil, hmm, a natural catastrophe event was on its way. And if Enlil played his cards right, he would have the perfect excuse for wiping out his brother's pesky genetic experiment. Experiment. Um, so Enki's going to get in trouble because Enlil knows that uh, Planet X, their home planet, that's, that's what they're getting the gold for to fix, is going to be orbiting near Earth's vicinity. And evidently Planet X is big enough that it's going to disrupt the Earth's gravitation uh, forces. It's going to exert enough gravitational forces as it passes Earth that it's going to cause the poles to shift, um, disastrous consequences, uh, and in fact a flood. This event, known as the Flood, happened about 13,000 years ago, and the end of the last great ice age, and Enlil took advantage of this opportunity uh, at the expense of humanity. Well, really, at the expense of humanity, the Adams and the Eves, and also Enki and all of the giants. Um, so they wipe out the world. So, um, he left the planet without warning, uh, condemning all the plant animals, hybrids and human hybrids to extinction. So Enlil screws off the orbit with the other loyal Anunnaki. It doesn't say where Inky winds up, but the rest of us giants here on earth, uh, got wiped out or so they say they're up in the spaceship, but, uh, Enki, it turns out, has warned some people on Earth, Noah in particular, to build an ark. And so, spoiler alert, we're going to find out more about that next week on Ancient Aliens in the Bible. So, uh, I hope uh, we're all learning a lot uh, from these Thursdays that we spend together. Oh, my Lord. Can you believe we're on page 30 of uh, page... Uh, uh, how many pages? We're on page 30 of 230. So we have many, many weeks to come of uh, pleasure and enlightenment to receive from the ancient aliens of the Bible. Um, 120 years. That's that's supposedly from the Bible Bible, but we're all going to live 120 years. So I'm excited about that. And uh, I am also excited to have my own personal Eve, one of the surviving Eves, uh, Lady Jerry. And so it's... Uh, so it's uh, pretty great. Uh, let's let's scroll up here and see what people have said. Um, uh, Christopher, you think uh, this keeps you thinking of Norse mythology? Yeah, I think there's some overlaps between all of that stuff. And Enki, I think Enki might be an Egyptian uh, god too. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Keys, Adam and Eve were the first. Uh, the first pants off, uh, nation members. I think you're right about that. <laughs> a little talk about Jen's, uh, tragic, uh, father's tragic accident with a shark attack. Um, Norman has, a sh has a Whataburger about a mile from his house in San Antonio. Oh, Robinson, you're touched inwardly. Yep. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> you love the collo colloquial language. Well, I'm doing my best. Um, <clears throat> 
I'm not really sure, Dave, what you're talking about, a shark attack in your back, but I hope it's not uh, the other euphemism for shark attack. <laughs> Bob, you're sweet. Yes, you were the one who brought the ancient aliens in the Bible to me, and I have uh, done with it what, uh, the best I can. But when you're when you're when you're mining for gold in a effing gold mine, uh, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of things. Um, <clears throat> Michael, you're saying you warm up for Bible aliens by cranking up some Zager and Evans and kicking back. Well, I'm going to do that. I don't know if Zager and Evans, I don't know if that's a kind of bourbon or a kind of music, but uh, Google's going to solve that for me before the end of the show. Um, uh, Kevin, you're saying you think they saw... Uh, oh, Uma, you say you just found a fat burger near you. What do I usually get? I usually get the whatever the... the not the giant burger, but not, not the small size, but the next size up from the small size with whatever you like on it. Pretty tasty. I mean, I would say it's as tasty as the burger that I'm getting at this Irish pub uh, for roughly half the price. And their fries are delicious. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> Rich, you thought the regular Bible was confusing. Yeah, this Bible, because it's a combination of the regular Bible and this new information, um, it's a little more confusing. But that's to be expected. When you're learning something new, uh, there's always going to be challenges. You're going to feel confused from time to time until you receive a complete uh, base level understanding of the material. Um, <laughs> the Bible makes you go unconscious, Norman. Well, that's uh, handy in these COVID times. Sometimes I'm having a little time, a little trouble with sleep. Um, <clears throat> well, <laughs> there's a lot. You have a sarcoma on your back, Dave. That is not good. And you're saying it's in a place where you can't reach. Well, you need to have a partner to take a look at that for you. Whoever's on the back of your kayak. Um, Zager and Evans in the year 2525. Thank you, Bob. Um, I remember that in the year 2525. If man is still alive and a woman can survive. Something like that. Uh, I remember that from a science class where they were talking to us uh, about how, you know, we're in a male-dominant world. But really, men are, you know, you need women and a womb to make babies, men to make sperm, we might be able to outsource that <laughs> to, to a machine uh, or some kind of a, <clears throat> yeah, one of those one of those places like in New Orleans where you stop and get the frozen daiquiris, uh, that's instead of men, we're just going to have that <laughs> and ladies will be able to just pull over and pick from the, you know, the laundromat of frozen daiquiri uh, sperm that they want to use to get uh, pregnant. So, uh, it may be, it may, we're living in a man's world now, but it may be a lady's world someday. And that's, you know, look, let's just, I'm just trying to do my best and get along with my own personal Eve. And, uh, that's all I can do and get my shots. <laughs> uh, keys is saying pet raccoon could do some help Dave out. Yeah. Your pet raccoon, their, their, their hands are tiny and they're very dexterous. So if you're looking for any kind of microsurgery, uh, a raccoon, I think, would be easily trained to be able to do that. Um, Todd, you got your first COVID shot today. Is growing a third eye no eyebrow normal? Um, <clears throat> well, a third eyebrow can be great. Depends on where you're growing it, right? I mean, if you're growing it right between the other two eyebrows, uh, that's going to be a, a nice uh, sun visor for you. A good place to, that's where you get your ball cap down to. It's going to stop your ball cap from falling into your eyes. So, uh, yeah, there's an upside to everything, I think. 
Um, women need to be running the world. Yes, Norman. I, I think I'm, I'm ready. I mean, if you've been married, you know what it's like to be, I feel, I mean, Lady Jerry would, of course, argue that uh, she's not in charge, but she's so in charge. Um, yeah, I'm ready to have women running the world. I think a collaborative effort would be nice if we could manage to actually do that, to do what we say we're doing. Um, men, uh, I think we're, <laughs> I think we're missing out on some valuable um, help that we could get, be getting from ladies. Um, but yeah, if we want to turn it all over to women, uh, sure, I'm for that. Although, man, what I read a book, uh, I think I read this book before COVID called The Power. And it was a book about how, um, in the premise of the book was women were genetically um, uncovering or a, a, a non-dominant trait was appearing where where women had this thing in their nervous system where they could they could cause pain instead of like now men are physically stronger than women. And so that that's that makes oppressing uh, people easy when you're physically stronger than them. But women developed this power that was almost electrical to take over men's nervous systems and, you know, cause them to have erections so that the men could be uh, sexually assaulted by women. And uh, it was an interesting commentary on the role reversal and how it would work out. But, it, but uh, you know, Anyway, who knows what it's going to be like when women are in charge, but uh, I'm ready. I'll try that for my, the back, the back 60. I've done the front 60. Now I'm going to go do the back 60. Bob, do you get it? The golf, golf analogy. So I hope women are going to be in charge for the back 60. Um, uh, <laughs> my own personal leave sung to the tune of my own personal Jesus. I like it, Uma. I like it. All we got to do is get the rest of the lyrics for that, and uh, <coughs> maybe we can record a version of it uh, at Jake Fest if that if that comes up. Rich, you're saying us men have ruined things. It's time for a change. Yeah, well, let's not. We don't need to be the He-Man Man-Haters Club, but uh, yeah, as far as <laughs> virtue signaling goes, yeah, I think we've made a little bit of a mess of things. Um, I'm ready to get the lady, let the ladies be in charge. Kamala Harris, she could be our next uh, president. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, instead of men or women, can we just say qualified person? Jen. Boom. That is that is some quality uh, assisting there in the writing department. Yeah, let's just say quality. Well, it would be nice to have some qualified people in charge for a change. Except for this show, it's still going to be me. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, I love the technical prowess of the raccoon, but uh, Boeing uses ferrets to run wires down long tubes when the plane is being built. They're not ashamed of this. They declare it. Oh, that's interesting, Michael. I, and I'm assuming that that's true, which is either a sample of my gullibility or my belief in uh, the talents of ferrets. Uh, probably a little bit of both. That's interesting. I can imagine that. I mean, anybody who's used a coat hanger tied to a piece of string tied to a wire to to run wire through conduit in their house knows uh, that... Uh, a ferret is preferable to a coat hanger any day. There's your, there's your bumper sticker. Uh, women are, of course, in charge, Bob says. There was a woman in Illinois who got thrown in jail for contempt for wearing a T-shirt to court and said, I have the pussy, so I make the rules. Uh, yeah, maybe crass, but it's true. Well, I think, I, I think that is a little bit crass, and there's an element of truth to it, but... Ugh. Uh, Laura, you're saying at late night, late but here in Baton Rouge. Oh, well, welcome to Baton Rouge. 
welcome to Louisiana. Enjoy yourself down there. If they, if you see any place that's got raccoon on the menu, will you please put a photo of that in the uh, chat? I would love to see it. Uh, people have gotten your cards, uh, Laura. I got mine, as I mentioned the other day. Let's face it, people suck, Charlie says. <laughs> the mountain lions are really in charge. Well, in the world, in the world of uh, we've all got to run around outside without any clothes on, I think uh, we're a lot more afraid of the mountain lions and the wolves and the bears than we generally are nowadays. But uh, I, think, I think we've got a workaround for mountain lions right now. Keys, you've said this before, we should program robots to run things. Robots do what they are programmed to do. Yes, well, what could possibly go wrong when we put the robots in charge? Um, I, there have been some movies. Yes, Skynet, Jen, of course, Terminator. It, there's some downsides, but we program the down... We, we've seen the movies, so we can easily uh, make our robot software so that uh, Terminator can't happen. Uh, I would think. One would think. Of course, I'm no expert. <laughs> I've never even held a ferret in my hands. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> you would bet your life on that Boeing fact, Michael. Um, yeah, okay. We're all betting our life on that Boeing fact, or that it's a good idea every time we get on a Boeing airplane, aren't we? Um, oh, yeah, Blade Runner, that's interesting. Check Yelp to see if there are any raccoon restaurants, but uh, you have your doubts that you'll find any. Laura... Of course, check Yelp. Of course. But I think what you're forgetting, and I don't know what kind of establishment your uh, your accommodation is, but to just ask the concierge where you can go to get... Tell, tell, tell him or her that you're very hungry and you'd like to know where you can get some uh, delicious raccoon because it's been a while since you've been in the area. See how that goes. Let me know how that goes. Try and, try and videotape it if you can. Battle, Battlestar Galactica, also uh, bad day. bad day with the robots. Um, and, uh, yes, 2001, a space odyssey, open the pod bay door. Okay. So there are, we've got a debt. We've got a lot of things before we put the robots in charge keys. We've got a lot of things that we're going to try and put into the software before we get into trouble. Um, I can, all I can see here, Bob is maple grazed, uh, what is that? Uh, oh, it says you're leaving Facebook. Yeah, I do want to follow the link. Damn it. Um, the timber table. <laughs> oh, it's a rec. It's raccoon recipes. Yeah. Well, I I don't want to make my own raccoon. I want to go somewhere. Um, AI is already here. Buy stock in it. Yes, I'm going to do that, Norman. In fact, I'm going to let the AI buy my stock in AI, if I can, if I can figure out a way to do that. Um, all right. What advice would you appreciate from a happy and successful eighty-year-old? What advice would I appreciate? from a happy and successful 80-year-old. I think I would ask something about, uh, you know, the transition from where I am at 60 to 80 and what advice, what, what what key things does he regret that he did? Usually, when I asked my dad that when I was 40, uh, he said he wished that he hadn't worried as much. And I think that that's probably true of a lot of older people. So I would ask an 80-year-old um, what advice he would give his 60-year-old self. And uh, that, that, I mean, I get that's a little bit of a weaselly get out of answering the actual question by not being specific. But I think 
that's a good way to interrogate doctors and lawyers and financial advisors is like, what advice would you give yourself or what advice would you give your mom? Uh, oh, that's when you're going to get the most honest answer. And also you're going to be given some insight. It's hard for me to anticipate what information I need from an 80 year old, but it's easy for him to look backwards. Just like, I can't believe that more people don't ask us people who are older than them, who are arguably on the same path. Like comedians don't ask, Hey, what do you, what's, what advice would you give? Except I, they do, they do ask that a bit, but the advice that they want is, uh, it's not usually the advice that the advice that they expect you to give them is not what the advice that you're giving them. So you got to ask that question, 80 year old person, what advice would you give your 60 year old self? And then you got to shut up. You got to shut up and listen um, and try and understand it. That's the problem. Put raccoons in charge of the Skynet problem solved. Yeah, I like it. That's a great idea. <laughs> we better not eat all those raccoons. We're going to need them to fight the robots from the future. Um <clears throat> <laughs> Rocky Raccoon Charlie, yeah. Checked in his room only to find Gideon's Bible. Uh, will I still be doing stand-up at 80, Norman is asking. Well, you know, I am hoping to still be doing stand-up at 60, uh, but I've got to find a club that's open. Like I said, we're going to be going through the Bay Area. I don't think it's going to work on our way up to camp now just because of the timing of, of when we got to be there and when we're allowed to leave here. But on our way back, I think I'm, I'll, I'll try and stop. But... It remains to be seen. I will be doing stand-up Norman Adam 80 at, at 80 if uh, there are places that are interested in having me and I still feel like I've got something to say. Um, and hopefully I will. <laughs> hopefully I will still feel like I've got something to say. Although I do find the older I get... Well, actually, you know, now that you bring this up, one of the nice things about this show is I realized that one of the reasons I got into stand-up is I just wanted someone to listen to me. <laughs> you know, underlying it all. Yeah, it's super fun, the the laughing and all and all of that stuff. But it's just nice to get up and talk for a while. And that's one of the things that I really miss about the pandemic is going out and being able to talk and have people listen to me and kind of get reinforcement for the ideas that I'm having. So, yeah, I think I will still want to do stand-up when I'm 80. And I am excited to start doing it again now. And thank you to all of you. Uh, for being here for this so I can do some practice talking while I'm getting ready to go do some uh, professional talking. Uh, not that this is not professional. I mean, holy cow, anyone who's ever seen me read from the ancient aliens in the Bible, uh, not to mention the children's Bible, knows that I'm a pro. All right. Um, oh, the, that uh, that ferret thing was reported by Stephen Fry on QI. Interesting. Well, so if Stephen Fry told you, uh, I'm sure it's true. Best advice you heard from a comic is to write, 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 so you aren't busking in your old age. Yeah, I think write, write, write is a good is good comedy advice. I mean, that's the advice that I that I gave to the guy who <laughs> called me in the middle of the night at the hotel where they put us up at Letterman, which I told that story some time ago on the podcast. Um, enjoy every sandwich, Warren Zavon. That's some solid advice. Um, Therapy you for you, Bob. It's therapy for me. It's we're all having a little therapy. Uh, who was more outgoing at home, me or Sue? Pick. Um, I think I might have been more outgoing, but there was a different because we were different uh, genders and ages enough. I don't really know what she was like so much in high school because I was in college and kind of getting out of the house 
being independent, getting away from my parents and living my life. So I, I kind of missed that part of her uh, growing up from whatever age that was when I left, 16-ish, which was, was tough when I left the house because it really changed the whole dynamic. Um, so I, I don't, I think maybe I was more outgoing, but Sue was definitely the tougher of the two of us in terms of her approach to our father. Um, she, she cool hand looped him. She went right up against him and, uh, she paid a little bit of a price for that, but, uh, she, she's, she's tougher than me as far as that goes. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. <clears throat> <laughs> Kevin, you're saying you come to see me in a club when you're 80, uh, when I'm 80, and you'll be 77. That'll be great, Kevin. I'm going to try and get him, get him to let us do an earlier show. I, I think when I go out on tour next time, uh, if I can get the full weekend as usual, I'm going to do that. But I'm going to see if I'm going to see if some of these clubs they're they're like, oh, you're you're too old for our regular calendar. You're not selling enough tickets. I may see if I can make some earlier in the day uh, type of show. Um, we do a comedy show at five o'clock. All you got to do is get a waitress to show up. Um, and how much are we going to be drinking, Kevin? I don't know. Um, all right. You'll be 76 when I'm 80 keys. Yeah, great. Um, well, I hope to, I hope to be invited to your 80th birthday party if I'm, if I'm still around. And now happy Thursday, everybody. It's time for seize the day. And we've got the happy half hour tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have some special guests, but even if we don't, We've got us. We've got us. And that is all we really need. What are you drinking for Friday? Happy half hour. Think about it now. You don't have to say, but we'll be ready for tomorrow. All right. So what do we got? I, th I opened to Neil Gaiman right off the bat and I'd like Neil Gaiman. I, I like his books. Um, Neverwhere, highly recommend it. Um, but he's got a book that he wrote about Norse mythology. That's actually just a book about Norse mythology that's very good if you're interested in that um, and of course American Gods solid home run excellent book so Jen you're 50 tomorrow I will be here to celebrate your birthday then birthday then but happy birthday to you um, that's exciting Bob you're going to be 83 when I'm 80 uh, can I do a 2 p.m. show <laughs> The home serves tapioca at 4.30. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do the show and then tapioca it together. Um, but yeah, happy birthday, Jen. Second Friday and Jen's birthday. It's a lot. Today's Seize the Day is from Neil Gaiman. I hope that in this year to come, you make mistakes. Well, that's a done deal. Because if you are making mistakes, then you are making new things. Trying new things, learning, living pushing yourself, changing yourself, changing your world. You're doing things you've never done before. And more importantly, you're doing something. Yeah. So making mistakes. The, the ferret, by the way, was probably not the first animal that Boeing sent down uh, the tube with the wires. Uh, I don't know. I, I would have probably, my guess is that they had a tiny monkey to do it first, but the monkey was not uh, dedicated enough and easily distracted and it started uh, messing up. And then they, they finally real, realized the ferret should be the animal. So um, so let's get on with making some mistakes this year. Uh, I know I'm up for it. And uh, Laura, I'm hoping that you're going to have a story about the delicious raccoon you had for dinner tonight, tomorrow. Speaking of mistakes. All right. Hey, everybody. 
take care of each other. Happy birthday, Jen. Uh, be nice to a jerk and don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I'm sure of it. We got 120 years to kill, people. Woo!